Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Victory Wednesday here in Duval. Folks have been celebrating for about a week here in Jacksonville, Florida. The Jags got to 7-8 and eight with a convincing road win over the New York Jets. And the Titans, they fell to the Texans this past week in Houston. Your Jaguars, they're now in first place in the AFC South. After being 2-6, and six, after a five-game losing streak, these Jaguars, first place in their division. How are we doing, Clay? Oh, I'm feeling great, man. The Jags are, are doing good things here. We're in the playoff hunt. We're, we're in control of our own destiny. So it's a good feeling. And I think right now we got the hottest quarterback in the league. Um, in the league, I'm saying. Not just the AFC, not the AFC South. The hottest quarterback yeah. in the league. And uh, one of the hottest coaches in the league, too. So I'm looking forward to this uh, these next two weeks. And I think the Jags can can really make a run and make the playoffs. And then once you get there, I think it's anybody's ball game. That's just me. That's true. Once you get there, you've got a shot, right? You've got just as good of a shot as 14 other teams. I guess the teams with the with the first round buys might have a slightly better odds, but you've got a shot. And uh, I think that's all the Jaguars and the Jaguars fans could even ask for, you know, in the first season of a, a new regime, a new head coach, new offensive system, new defensive system, all these new pieces for them to be in this position. I think that's all you can ask for as a Jaguars fan at this point. Uh, but we're going to tackle some, some topics today. Doug Peterson's greatest strength as a head coach. Take a look at the playoff picture, of course, for the Jags and a whole lot more here on Believe in Jaguars. I'd like to remind you to follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show on your podcast platform of choice. Of course, you can also check out the show on YouTube on the GinJag YouTube page where you can watch it in video form. We really appreciate y'all for being here. Couldn't be here without y'all's support. So it means the world to us. Thank you so much, Duval. All right, Clay, playoff picture. If the Jaguars beat Tennessee, as we've talked about, they're in. Week 18, it's the AFC South title title game, right? But there's a week in between now and week 18, right? Week 17, the Jaguars travel to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. If you beat Houston, it does keep your wild card chances alive, but it doesn't improve your chances to win the division at all, which of course is the ultimate goal, I think, here over the next two weeks. How do you handle, if you're the Jaguars head coach, decision maker, how do you handle week 17? Knowing that, yeah, it kind of helps you out in the wild card, but playing the guys could also potentially risk injury when you really need to win week 18 to set yourself up in the best position. How do you handle this, Clay? I think there's only one way to handle it for, for the Jaguars, and that is you you proceed as if it was any other week and you go and you try to win the game. You play to win the game. Hello, Herm Edwards. You, know, you play to win the game. You got to go in there with the same mindset. You're going to attack. You're going to be aggressive. That Doug Peters, uh, The Doug Peterson coaching mindset. Attack, aggressive. And then you want to keep this momentum going too. And when you start playing to not get hurt, to not get injured, that's exactly when you get injured. Mm-hmm. So you go in there, you attack, you play how you usually do. If maybe you're up, you know, a couple scores late in the game, you maybe take some guys out a little early. 
if you're down, you know, late in the game, maybe take some guys out a little early. But in my opinion, you go in there to win the game. Like you said, you're still alive in the wild card. Obviously, you want to win the South, and that's really what matters if you win the, the last game of the year. But I think you keep the momentum going, full steam ahead, and you go and you attack and you try to win this game. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's there's risks on both sides of this, right? If you go out there and to Houston and you lose a critical piece to this team, yeah, it's it's gonna suck. It's gonna hurt. And um, but that's that's how it is every single week in the NFL, right? Um, but on the flip side of that coin, if you go to Houston and let's say you don't you don't go and prepare to win that game the way you should. You kind of just say, let's take the week off and get to week 18. There's a chance that bites you in the butt too. Because if you lose to the Titans, you still had a shot to get into the playoffs if you beat the Texans. Uh, so I think you go in, you go in and prepare just like you would every single week, but you do have a plan in place for if you get up by two scores or you know two touchdowns, whatever it may be where you're ready to pull these guys and you have a plan in place for the backups as well to know their role for this contest. Agreed. Agreed. You got to play to win the game, man. And this is a division rival. It's Houston Texans, a team that beat you earlier in the year and you want to pay them back anyways. Show this team that you're not the same team they beat early in the season. Let them know coming into next season that this division is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. You come back, you pay them back for that earlier loss that's the way I feel as a player. I want to go in there and I don't play these guys. I want to show them that that first win they had against us was a fluke. This is a different Trevor Lawrence. This Trevor Lawrence isn't going to throw a pick at the five-yard line heading into the end zone to lose the game. This is a different Trevor Lawrence. This Trevor Lawrence has 14 touchdowns, one interception in the last seven games. This Trevor Lawrence has 108 uh, rating his last seven games. This Trevor Lawrence is playing the best football of any quarterback in the league. As I said, almost a 70% completion percent. It's not the same guy, not the same team. You come in, you put it on these boys, you let them know the Jaguars are for real, and they're here to rule the AFC South. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, there's going to be people that disagree with, you know, you've got you to gotta keep everyone healthy, all that stuff, and – I hear that, but you know, these guys could get injured in practice. They could get injured yeah. walking out of their house in the morning. You get injured stepping like I don't think you play scared, and that's not Doug Peterson's personality. That's not this team's personality. I think that you is go, not Doug's personality at all. Yeah, I don't think you do it. I don't think you do. So I think you go out there, like you said, business as usual Yep. Uh, for the Jags this week. And if you get up big, then yes, you can take some starters out. Because you do know you have a championship game on the horizon next week. Oh, I can't uh, wait. Can't so wait. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Can't wait for that week. But, you know, still some stuff to talk about this week. It's still um, still, still an exciting week of football for the Jaguars and around the league. I did want to talk. I don't know how many, how many people have kind of brought this topic up. I just wanted to talk about Doug Peterson a little bit. I think he's done a masterful job. I think he's absolutely should be in the running for coach of the year to take a team that had the first overall pick, not one, but two years in a row and have them in position to make the playoffs uh, during your first year. And I think he's absolutely in the running for coach of the year, but we all know that Doug Peterson's a good coach here in Duval. We love him. 
people in Philly know it too. Yeah, uh, do. <laughs> how do you, um, how do you kind of parse out like what is the most important or, or best asset that Doug Peterson has as a head coach? Like what separates him? What makes him as good as he is? I think it's his ability to take complex things and to simplify them down to make them easy for the players. That's something Andy Reid's always been able to do with his offense. It looks so complex to the people that are seeing it, to the defenses, the motions, the formations, the route combinations. When you're playing in that offense, when you're a tight end in that offense, it's not that difficult. It's pretty simple stuff. But then you hear, you'll you'll hear your buddies on other teams, like, man, how do you guys know all this stuff? Like, you guys are in so many different formations. It's the ability, this offense, Doug Peterson is a coach, it's his ability to take the complex, to make it simple for the players, but to make it look very difficult for the defense, for opposing defensive coordinators to put a, to put a finger on, makes it hard for them to stop. So that's yeah. the number one thing for me. I love that. And you have firsthand experience kind of being around him and, and seeing what he does to, to help out his players. And that's such an interesting point because I was thinking about it in my head and my thoughts were his play calling. Hey, love it. Love the water <laughs> bottle. Go Jags, baby. Um, my thoughts were it was either his play calling slash scheme, which I think what you're talking about kind of falls under that, but it's more of the ability to teach it, to make it easy for his players, but still have it be just as comp- complex and difficult for defenses to understand, for yeah. defenses to realize how they're attacking them. So I think what you're talking about kind of falls under that, um, the play calling slash scheme wing, but the teaching aspect of it. Uh, I think I was going to say it's either that or his authenticity, like his ability to connect with people, um, not from just a football standpoint, but from a working relationship standpoint. I think that that's been uh, one of the most astounding things really for me, because you look around uh, the history of the Jaguars coaching coach head coaches. Tom Coughlin was certainly not that guy, Um, you know, he had his own way of doing things. Jack Del Rio, not really that guy. I think Gus Bradley was that guy in terms of being authentic, but he didn't he know. He just couldn't win games. No offensive, yeah. uh, no offensive uh, mind at all there. Right. And then uh, Doug, I think, was fairly authentic. Doug Marone. And then Urban was the antithesis of being authentic, right? Like, yeah. So I, I just don't think you could go from a uh, you could have a more stark contrast from your last head coach to your current head coach in terms of how he handles relationships how he comes off to people how he just is himself and i don't think even urban meyer knows who urban meyer is to be completely honest i don't know i didn't know doug as a head coach but the doug i knew in philly for 3 years was the doug that was a quarterback coach And that Doug was one of the guys. This guy played in the league for 10 years. He was sharing his war stories about some of his favorite teammates. He's talking to us. Like, obviously, he's coaching, but he's also one of the guys. He's been there. He's done it. So a big thing from Doug that all the players have always respected about him is he's been there. He knows what you're going through. This guy played quarterback in the league for 10 years with the Green Bay Packers. The, the Brett Favre, Andy Reid, Marty Morningwig Packers. So he he knows what these guys are going through. And 
and he's able to connect because he does. So that's one of the big things about Doug Peterson. Honestly, a lot of the coaches nowadays haven't played in the league, and Doug Peterson's a guy that has. So that sets him apart. That's one of the reasons he's so easy to connect with is because he's been there and he's experienced that and he knows what he, what you've been through. And just to, just to say that I show up at, you know, training camp, I go to a couple practices this, you know, this, uh, this off season to go to training camp, you know, with, uh, with Brett over there at ESPN Jacksonville. I know you, you uh, mm -hmm. work with them too. And I'm just sitting back watching Doug's press conference, middle of press conference, you know, it's been years since I've talked to Doug. He goes, Clay Haba. He always used to call me Clay Haba. <laughs> and literally, Doug sees me. He goes, Clay Haba, how you doing, man? I'm like, hey, Doug, I'm doing great, man. How about you? He's like, I'm doing great in the middle of this press conference. That's the yeah. type of guy Doug Peterson is. He remembered me as a person, still remembered the joke we used to say, let's go, Clay Haba. And that is why Doug is so likable and these guys play so hard for him. That's the type of guy he is. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way I framed this question, what is his greatest asset? I think trying to just narrow it down to one thing probably is doing him a disservice. Yeah. Like he's a masterful offensive play caller. Yeah. He's masterful at teaching his guys how to run these complex systems, complex schemes. And he's masterful when it, when it comes to just being a genuine, authentic person that cares about the people that are around him. And I think all of those things come together to create just one of the better coaches in the NFL. Like, I think we didn't talk. We didn't talk. I didn't tell you we were going to talk about this. I didn't think about it until just now, but like what coaches would you rather have than Doug Peterson right now as a head coach? I think the list is incredibly short. Short. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I think he's the perfect guy for this role, obviously, because he's, he's played the position that was so important for the Jaguars coming. It was so different because coming into this season, you had this generational talent at quarterback that you needed to bring along. He had a tough year under urban Meyer. And now you're risking, if you look at him last season, some people are calling him a bus already. So you needed him to come along. And Doug Peterson was the perfect guy for that. This guy played quarterback in the league. He was a quarterback coach. He was an offensive coordinator. Now he's a head coach. The perfect hire. And then Doug brought in some more perfect pieces. Press Taylor, Mike McCoy, huge hire. This guy was a head coach. He coached Peyton Manning back in the Denver days when he was breaking records. Mike McCoy is a is a quarterback savant. This guy knows his stuff. Then you got Jim Bob Cooter, who's also a quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. Like there are some big time coaches that Doug brought in and knew to bring in to help Trevor. He knew how important it was to bring this guy along. And that's one of the reasons the Jaguars are where they are in this position to win the AFC South after having so many things not go their way early in the season to lose so many close games and to still be here. Incredible. It really is incredible. Again, they were two and six. They lost five straight games. And during that losing streak, I do think there's a couple, couple moments where you could point at Doug, you know, maybe not making the right decision, but overall, I mean, just the job he has done here. And, uh, some of those wrong decisions from Doug was because he was being ultra aggressive when the team wasn't quite ready for that yet, yeah. but they are ready now. They have grown up before your very eyes. Yeah, that's so true. Just looking back at that, that past play, you know, we're playing the Texans this week, that play where 
Trevor's rolling out to his right. I vividly see it. I was at the game. I remember just being shook. I go, there's no way he threw an interception in the end zone. You yeah. cannot do that. Touchdown, check down mentality. I guarantee Especially you that play. Coaching. That play. Like that specific play is designed to be touchdown or out of bounds. Throw it out of bounds. Yeah. And the fact that Trevor threw that pick, you we can run that same play now. You can be that aggressive. And they there's no way. And there's no way he's going to throw that, that pass again if it's not there. Yeah. So that shows you right there. That's a perfect example of how far they they've come. Yeah, and they win that game if that doesn't happen. So yeah, um, it is what it is. So yeah, I think uh, Doug Doug has just done a masterful job here, and I I, I think Shad Khan is incredibly lucky right now. This is an owner, and look, Shad Khan does a lot of things as an owner well. I think like the the money he's willing to fork out for these free agent signing bonuses and things that does gives the Jaguars an advantage, and he's been willing to spend on you know stadium upgrades and, and get things done in that regard. But from a football standpoint, he has been a horrible owner for the Jaguars, and uh, I think he got lucky that he got the first overall pick the year that Trevor Lawrence came out, and I think that he got lucky that. <laughs> the coaching hiring went the way it did this year that no one else poached Doug Peterson before the Jaguars did that. Uh, no, that, you know, Byron, the whole Byron Leftwich situation, how that went down. Like I think Shad Khan got incredibly lucky here to, to get Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson in this building. You know, he did. And I do respect Shad for throwing around that money, even though that money to him is like us throwing down five bucks, man. You know, it's like us splurging to, you know, hey, guys, I'll pick up this tab, you know, a round of beers, you know, for Shad. This guy, is, yeah. you know, I've been on that yacht, you know, and I know that this guy's just completely loaded. But, yeah, Shad needed a winner, and he needed this coach and this quarterback. And I think you're right. I think he he got pretty lucky that they were able to get that first pick. This was the biggest no-brainer in the draft since I could remember. I mean, like everybody knew like you had to take Trevor Lawrence generational talent and then the fact that you got a Super Bowl winning coach that was sitting there and obviously I was one of the guys saying like, "Hey, you know, give Byron Leftwich a look." And then when it was Doug, I'm like, "Okay, Doug's the perfect hire here." Yeah, I've, I've had experience with him, but you look at you see a team like Denver look at the look at the trouble they're in like that's that's some bad stuff there with Nate Hackett you know love Nate Hackett he was an offensive coordinator for me in Jacksonville as well nicest guy ever he's not Doug Peterson I mean look at the difference there he's not Doug so it's it's we got to be pretty thankful for what we got no doubt about it this is a season of thanks a season to celebrate of holidays and all that and yeah, there's no bigger reason for people in Jacksonville to be thankful than than the Jags kind of backing into Doug Peterson here. Uh, unbelievable. But another thing I wanted to bring up here today, me and you, we were supposed to do a show last week after the after the win over the Jets, but I wasn't feeling too hot that Friday after staying up and. Yeah, you probably the, saw, had a couple celebratory beers or something there, George. Yeah, doing the show and all on. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I did want to talk to you. Um, we've, we're talking about Doug Peterson. The way he designed that that offensive plan last week where they were just getting the ball out like so quickly. You know, I thought it was so smart because of the weather situation. I thought I love that he ran the ball more than he threw the ball in this game. 
Um, and I think he learned from what happened in Philly. Not only did the team learn what happened in Philly, he learned what from what happened in Philly. And he's like, look, it's nasty out there. We need to run the ball. And I do think that the um, you know game script helped them run the ball because I don't think Doug believed that the Jets were going to score points and the Jags had the lead, so they were just able to run the ball, play ball control and all that type of stuff. But I thought it was just another example of him doing slight tweaks and slight edits to this offense and having a perfect plan for the current situation. Yeah, I mean, the guy knows the situations. Situationally, I don't know if there's a better play caller in the NFL than Doug Peterson. He knows exactly what's going on. He puts everything into consideration, the field position, the weather, the score. I mean, Doug instantly knows the right the right calls there, and it's something you really appreciate about him. He realized Zach Wilson was the quarterback and was not moving the ball. You know, you could tell. He's like, hey, we, we were going to go for three there, even when they missed the field goal. We're going for three. We know how important points are going to be. And to me, that was him saying, okay, Zach Wilson in this weather is not going to score. I trust the defense. I'm sorry. So we're going to go for the three. We know how important any points are. And he did a good job of calling the plays. That was a brutal game for them to even put up 19. Like the, the cold, rain, wind, brutal game. I don't know. Those guys were catching the ball. When it's raining yeah. like that and cold, it's extremely yeah. difficult. You can't feel your hands and it's slippery. It's so hard to catch the football. And that's what my hat's off to these guys. I hated that cold rain. If it's warm and raining, you can still feel if you, you can't feel your hands and the ball slick. Extremely difficult, extremely high degree of difficulty. These Jaguars receivers are very skilled to be able to do that. Evan Ingram as well, tight end, to be able to catch the ball like that. So, I mean, and I love to see, to go off topic a little bit, I also love to see Doug getting the ball to Evan Ingram. You saw Dan Arnold. It brings a tear to my eye, Jordan. Whenever I see the tight end get the ball yes. like that, it just brings it. Just I love it. And Evan Ingram, we got a shout out to him since we haven't done a, a show since uh, the game. Hey, he's yeah. a, the leader, the career leader in receptions and receiving yards for Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end in a season. Yeah. Hats off to you as a former Jags tight end. Good job, Evan Ingram. Keep it up. I hope we bring you back next season. Yeah, I hope they're able to figure something out with his contract as well. It's just such a perfect fit. He's not going to go to a place that's going to utilize him better, and the Jaguars might not find a tight end that with that can have that type of skill set that he has, um, as good of a skill set as he has in terms of his athleticism, his speed. He's so difficult to cover uh, when you get him rolling horizontally. I mean, you yeah. get him matched up with a linebacker or a safety, he's running away from 95% of those guys. Absolutely. It's not the fact that I was I was studying all 22 of the game and I'm like, okay, how is this guy? It's not that he's running great routes. He's just so fast. Like people don't realize how fast this guy is. Look at the you look at the combine. His handheld time, handheld, was a 4.37. This guy was in the four threes. His electric time was like a four four one, but he yeah. broad jump was still over 10. Ridiculous. Yeah, 40 inch vertical. Like I didn't, I didn't realize how explosive this guy was, but you realize that he was a first-round draft pick for a reason. And the fact that he's at tight end and was going to most of the time get matched up on linebackers and safeties, it's a huge mismatch. I think he's more important to bring back than Jawan Taylor because, Easily. because in this offense, I'm sorry, tight end might be more 
might be more important than an offensive. The fact that Trevor gets the ball out so quick and so fast and is so good, he needs more weapons to catch the ball. And he can handle some of the guys in protections. So I think that the number one priority this offseason, as far as guys to re-sign, I mean, you start with Evan Ingram, because you, now you got Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. I don't know Dan Arnold's contract situation. I love him as well. He's also on an expiring contract. Oh, man. Because he, so he's man a good hurts. player. Man hurts too. Arnold. Yeah, that's another thing. I was thinking, you know, let's say Evan Ingram prices himself out. Like some team is just willing to throw the bag at Evan Ingram, which is probably a mistake. Um, unless they are able to use him and have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. I just think he's in the perfect situation here. But let's say some team outbids the Jaguars for Evan Ingram services. I think Dan Arnold is a decent option to be Dan your Arnold, receiving tight end. Dan you can get Arnold it much cheaper. He can play. He's just not the explosive guy. But Dan Arnold, I think, could be he could be a starting tight end. The guy, the guy makes plays. He's not extremely fast, but he he runs good routes. Like he's a solid blocker, and he makes plays. Man, I, if if it's Dan Arnold next year, like I'm okay with that. But I would love yeah. for Evan Ingram to be back. But Dan Arnold makes plays. Okay, yeah. As a tight end, I watch the tight ends. It's I try not to as much anymore. Because I want to see the game as a whole. Obviously, you know, working with with CBS and, and you guys and all the football stuff I'm doing, I got to watch the game as a whole, not just watch the tight ends. But that's the first thing I see. Dan Arnold can play. Dan Arnold yeah. can play. He can do it all. I, I I like Evan Ingram because he just opens up so many things. There's not many guys tight ends in this league. Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, Kittle, that can really run Waller. the way yeah. Waller and really put pressure in the seams of the defense. And when you get Calvin Ridley too, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence keep getting better. This kid's only 23 years old. Yeah. Doug Peterson, I mean, it's going to get scary. It's going to keep getting better for the Jaguars. And that's that's the thing that I, I think people don't realize. If the Titans don't do it this year, if they don't somehow win this game, I don't think they're going to have a chance in the next couple of years. You look at some of the games that Jaguars lost this year and how much they've improved over the second half of the season. This is your last chance if you're the Titans. If you want to win the division, this is going to be your last chance for years. Trevor Lawrence is going to have this division. We lost you. Did you hit mute? <laughs> we lost Clay Harbor here today. You know, there can you, you hear are. me? Now? Yeah. Yep. As I was going on a tangent here, but but Tennessee Titans, if you don't win this week, you ain't going to have the chance to win the division until Trevor Lawrence retires. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is your last chance. Yeah, I think the only way they, they're able to get back into this division, you know, soon is if they're somehow able to find a, a new offensive play caller and quarterback and also surround them with a much better offensive line. And I mean, they've got a long way to go. I'm with you. I think for the Titans to compete with the Jaguars in the next couple of years, you would have to see a, a, a rapid transformation <laughs> for the Titans offense. Absolutely, man. And I, I, I was getting so passionate about it. I knocked my microphone out, <laughs> but man, yeah, this is a, it's a good time to be Jaguars. You got Doug Peterson in place. Perfect match with, Obviously, with Trevor Lawrence and, you know, it's AFC South, 
is a is a division that is just right for the picking. I mean, there's no better division to be in in football right now than the AFC South for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston Texans, yeah. you know, maybe they get their quarterback, Bryce Young. I don't know. You think they're going Bryce Young? I think they should. Yeah. I think he's Bryce that good. Young. It's going to take yeah. a few years for him to, you know, to, to get up to speed to be able to compete with Trevor. Um, he's such a pro already, though. I do like him. I think that's the type of I like quarterback him a lot. that could – could go toe-to-toe with Trevor if surrounded by the right pieces. And right now, quite frankly, they just don't have the pieces on offense. No. I think my Bears lose out, and maybe the the Texans win their last game. The Bears get the first pick, and then we let someone trade in to the first pick for the Bears. So now the Texans don't get Bryce Young. That's you know It'll it'll help everybody. The Bears will get the first pick. They'll get more picks. Then we don't have to worry about Bryce Young in the division for years to come. So that's my thought. I love it. Get the Texans out of the first spot. I'm with you there. Now, we don't want them getting out of the first spot this week because you want the Jaguars no. winning that football game, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> week 18, though. Now, I wonder if Doug is ever just sitting around in his office or at home and just smiles thinking about, I got Trevor freaking – I got canned a year ago, year and a half ago, and this is my reward. And he brought uh, – you realize that he brought um, Jalen Hurts into Philly? Mm-hmm. That was that was Doug Peterson's guy. He bought Jalen Hurts into Philly. And now everybody's in love with Jalen Hurts. And then, you know, then Doug comes into Trevor Lawrence. But you think, people don't realize that that was Doug's guy. He wanted Jalen Hurts. That's what he was a second-round pick. Yeah. You got to be thanking Doug in Philly. If You got to be thanking Doug for the championship that he brought you. And you got to be thanking Doug for Jalen Hurts, the championship that you might get this year, because mm-hmm. you have the possible MVP as your quarterback. Doug Peterson, the gift that keeps giving to Jacksonville, to Philly. There you go. Beautiful. So we talked about how we would handle this week with, you know, traveling to Houston and not necessarily needing this game for the division, all that. You think Doug handles it the same way we talked about, goes out there and uh, business as usual? I think he do- does, even though he did sit all of his starters in the last preseason game. I remember that. And maybe the second didn't play. I think they played the second game. But uh, I think he handles it the same way. He wants to keep this momentum going. I think he's going to call the game aggressively. Doug is all about being aggressive. That's his personality. That's how he likes to coach. And that's why we love him so much. You know this guy's going to be – he's a gunslinger, man. He's an aggressive dude. He wants to go out there. He wants to win the game. And I think that's how he's going to handle it. Yeah, I think so too. I think he'll handle it the right way. And um, that leads into, do the Jaguars take down the Texans? Do the Jaguars beat the team that, that, that they've lost to every single time they've faced since 2017? Nine straight losses, whether it be in Jacksonville or Houston, the Jaguars have not been able to beat the Texans. Are they going to do it this weekend? Are they going to continue this winning streak, get to four straight? Man, I didn't realize that they've lost nine straight to the Texans. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nine straight. The Jags have lost nine straight to the Texans. But this week's different. Obviously, the last seven games, this offense has just absolutely clicked. Trevor Lawrence is playing the best football in the league. I put up a, a, a graphic I got from the 33rd team on Twitter, and it shows him compared to the rest of the big-time quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, 
Patrick Mahomes. He's playing the best football out of all of them. When you have a quarterback like that versus um, Davis Mills, come on. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Davis Mills. Trevor Lawrence is not the same guy they beat early in the season, and they're going to see that. I got the Jaguars winning, and I don't think it's going to be that close. They're winning by 10. Yeah, you know, I, I... – I tend to agree with you. I understand the history of this rivalry. I also understand that Lovey Smith has been the defensive coordinator that's given Trevor Lawrence the most difficulty throughout. And they've his been first playing year. well. They've been yeah. playing. They played the Chiefs close. They played the Cowboys tough. Like I mean, they've been playing well. They've been playing very aggressively on defense, and I don't mean with the play calling. I mean with just every single player out there on the Texans defense, whether they're really talented or not super talented is giving 110% effort. They're flying to the football and they're making it difficult for their opponents. But I will say, I know that the Texans just took down the Titans. I know they took the chiefs and the Cowboys to the brink. I think chiefs and Cowboys, a lot of that was their own doing overall. When you look throughout this season and when you look throughout the last month or so of Texans football, when they've played good offenses, the good offenses have produced against them. And the Jaguars, they have a good offense right now. They have Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, all these skilled players humming. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, while he struggled with cover two early on in his career, it looks like he's flipped the switch uh, and is doing whatever he wants against pretty much any defense you throw at him. But this is kind of that next step, that next monkey off your back, the Houston Texans and the Lovey Smith defense. And I do I think that they do get the job done. I'm with you. I think that it's not a super close game. The last time they beat the Titans in Tennessee, I was in a Jaguars uniform. <laughs> I mean so... I was in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is another, like you said, this is gonna be another you know notch on the belt here. They they finally beat the Texans. They get the job done, and they show that they're not the same old Jaguars. They're not the Jaguars. They're going to get there and then lose. They're the Jaguars who are here to stay, and they're going to show that they're going to own this division for years to come. I don't care how hot this Texans team is. The Jaguars are here. They got the best quarterback in the division, the best coach in the division, and uh, the best offensive unit, in my opinion, in the division. And they're going to show why they're going to be a team to reckon with in the AFC South for years to come. Yeah, and a defense that is opportunistic. Yeah. They have confidence. They are a lot of takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. They are six in the NFL and turnovers forced right now. The Jaguars defense is. They're doing it a lot of different ways. They're creating some pressure. They're pretty good against the run, creating pressure, forcing turnovers. They're not they're not a great coverage unit. Like they're not, but they make plays. They're not going to be consistently shutting people down, but they make enough plays that when you have a quarterback in an offense like Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense, Doug Peterson, I think it might be enough to just, you know, get them into the playoffs and then let the chips fall where they may. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Opportunity defense. I think, uh, you know, Caldwell is, uh, is getting better with, with the calls and everything and turnovers, I mean, uh, that's the biggest stat that you can find that correlates to winning, in my opinion. If yeah. you're getting a lot of turnovers and you're a defensive unit that can force those, that's huge. And that'll that'll make up for a lot of deficiencies that you have if you're a top 10 turnover unit and the Jaguars are sixth. So that, that that's solid there. And I, I love, you know, 
I love, I know we're going to talk about the defensive MVP here, but I do love a, a, a certain number of players, but it also hurts that Smoot is going to yeah. be out because he was having a heck of a year. I really like him and it was unfortunate for him to, uh, to go down like that. Yeah. I think the hope there is that, and obviously Dwan Smoot's a great guy. He spent his entire professional career in Jacksonville, you know, best wishes. I hope he can recover from that and get back to playing his top football. But the hope is that you get Trayvon Walker and Foley Fatukasi back with the ankle injuries and maybe that negate or that balances out losing Dewan Smoot. Are they going to play this week or more? You think they're going to wait until, uh, till, uh, you know, Titans game. I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure. Uh, if I, if I had to guess, I would say, I think Trayvon should be ready to play, but yeah. we'll see. Um, and again, what, what, what's the risk level with playing the guy and then maybe you don't have him for the more important game in week 18. So yeah, Yeah. I can certainly see that, but the hope is when you need them to get out there and play good defense that Trayvon and Foley are out there and can help uh, mitigate the loss of Dewan Smoot. Certainly. Um, Yeah. So our final thing we're going to hit today, final topic, let's just talk about, you know, we just kind of gave the defense some credit here and they do deserve some credit in terms of the turnovers, we mentioned it. in the last five games, the Jaguars have won four out of the last five. In those wins, they have forced at least two turnovers in every one of those wins. Huge. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where when they're able to uh, force turnovers and play aggressive, the Jaguars are going to be really difficult to beat, bottom line. But, yeah. Talking about this defense, giving them, giving, giving them some credit here, playing better down the stretch, doing some things to help this team win football games. Who is the Jaguars' defensive MVP? I think it's Foyer Alukalun. Alukin. Alukin. I think Close it's, I, I think the Jaguars' defensive MVP is Foyer Alukin. Boom. I mean, this guy is this guy is the most underrated superstar uh, in the league. Nobody knows who this guy is, yet he led the league in tackles last year. He's leading the league in tackles and solo tackles this year. He gets him, he gets him in the right place every time. He's a top 32 PFF uh, defensive linebacker grade, but what I like about him is, is just his athleticism. He's so sneaky with how he, how he gets tackles. He's able he, – he'll juke, he'll juke offensive linemen sometimes. He'll, I mean, he'll take on a block, but the way he – sheds a block or he'll literally juke an offensive line and then get back into his in, into his run fit is in, incredible i think i think foyer is the jaguars defensive mvp and i think he's underrated i think he should have got at least got a look for the pro bowl yeah. leading the league oh. in tackles the teams in, in the lead of the division i mean come on give this guy a look yeah, I think he's been a Pro Bowl linebacker this year. I'd agree with you completely, um, especially over the last couple months. He's really even ramped it up even more and been playing at an extremely high level for the Jaguars. But if I had to you know, offer another player, when I was looking at this before you said Foyer, Foyer and the guy I'm about to bring up were pretty much even in my head. I think there's two guys that are clearly the two most important players on this defense. One of them is Foyer Lewican, who you mentioned the other one is Tyson Campbell, who is playing excellent outside cornerback, left Locking cornerback. Locking it down, yeah. Right cornerback, excuse me, um, for the Jaguars. And 
I just think he's been special as a second year player um, playing at this level for the Jaguars at cornerback, which is obviously one of the more important positions in the league today in football. Uh, I think that he's been special and teams just don't want to target him all that much to be completely honest. Right. Uh, He's been really good for the Jaguars this year, nine pass breakups, two interceptions. I think that, if you lose either him or Foye Aluakan, there's a chance that this defense goes downhill really, really fast. Agreed. Agreed. The guy, I mean, he's he's shutting down his half of the field. Yeah. I mean, when he's on a guy, I mean, he's shutting it down. People don't even – they're not even targeting him that much anymore. He's done a great job. And uh, both these guys, you know, I thought should have been, you know, at least been in a conversation for guys that could have made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I agree with you completely. So, yeah, Clay's got Foyer. I've got Tyson. I think both of them are worthy. I think they'd really be a 1A and 1B type situation. Because if you do take Foyer Lucan off this field, how do the linebackers operate? <laughs> like, how do they operate? I don't think they do. You don't. It's, it, it's, it's bad without those – without without Foyer, without Campbell. I mean, th- especially with the backups that the Jaguars have, it would get ugly. So let's let's pray for the health of those guys moving forward, you know, especially against the the Texans. But I think you got to play them. We like we talked about, and you got to be aggressive. And I think everything will, will work out if you do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to do it for us here. But before we get out of here, you know what we got to hit you with? You know, big week. Let's go. Move <laughs> Love it, man. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here today. I'd like to remind you to follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82, myself, at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review uh, on your favorite pop- podcast platform of choice. Excuse me. And again, you can check us out, too, at the Gin Jag YouTube channel. Watch this in video format. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of the week. You've got Victory Thursday, Victory Friday, Victory Saturday all coming up, and then the Jaguars take on the Houston Texans um, in Week 17 in Houston uh, for a game that will not really affect the division race at all, but gives the Jaguars a chance to sneak in as a wild card if they don't beat the Texans. In, excuse me, the Titans in week 18. So it'll still be a, an important game to watch, obviously, for Jags fans. And and it'll it'll play a part in, in the rest of the season here for the Jaguars. But again, that'll do it for us. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week, Duval. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.